it really makes me wonder what's going to happen in the you know with the future of all this stuff when people are so used to getting so far in a much more casual manner and then mm-hmm. there's still going to be a little bit of this like step or barrier of like oh no well if you're doing professional stuff over here you have to learn this whole complicated thing that runs on two monitors and whatnot and then there's going to be a whole other wave of people that are gonna be like no you don't nope no nope. not at all no nope. don't 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 one bit yeah just this- gonna just gonna do it on my on my iphone you know well, there was this big movement of like, oh, you can shoot a whole feature film on, and edit it on your iPhone. And that there was much like AI, much like the idea of people going like, mm-hmm. you can get AI to like do everything and basically re- replace artists. It's like, no, no, there, there's a bill of goods that's being sold uh, that just does not meet the expectation. So the the fact that the technology has caught up to this adage of like, oh, you can shoot a whole film and edit it and process it and upload it from your phone. That's actually true now, whereas like five years ago, I don't think that that was true. I think a lot of that stuff was being done on like complicated software. And then Mm -hmm. it's like green screened in onto someone shooting on a phone. And it's like, (laughs) what the hell are we selling here? Uh, And you know, similar to, oh, you know, uh, David Zaslav, Zaslav doing the Boston uh, commencement ceremony. Got, oh, like, I haven't seen it. Booed it, and is it real cringy? Down. Okay. He just, there's a bunch of students who are in the gallery who are about to receive their diplomas listening to this commencement speech and there's like a chant of pay your writers that starts and like it's happening right as his part of the speech it's it is cinematically gorgeous because his speech is going to this like you are going to meet challenges you are going to encounter people who disagree with you and you need to have communications with the and like it's literally people like a swell of pay your writers that has to like stop he has to like stop his speech. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It was. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, hey, we're we're deep enough into it. Why mm-hmm. don't we just jump into it? Welcome, folks, to another mm-hmm. episode of the uh, Creative Content Files. Uh, I'm uh, <laughs> one of your one of your hosts. Uh, Wait, what? Why are you laughing? It's not. Let's it's see. not what? the Creative Content Files. Come on. Yes. Oh, sorry. I forgot what night it was welcome folks to another episode of the of the f1 files <laughs> who are you me a, a a podcast hosted by two lifelong best friends and fans of formula one here mm-hmm. to discuss uh all things formula one particularly from our American perspective, uh, interesting days as the sport seems to grow in relevance in our in our home country. Absolutely, I am one of the hosts. My name is John Laporte. I'm a creative consultant designing the future for film technology and automotive, and I'm joined by. I am Corey Willis. I'm a writer, actor, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. Not on strike yet because I'm not in the guild. But I am an actor, and I am in the Screen Actors Guild, and we might be striking soon. 
So all of your content yep. is about to yep. go on hold, folks, basically is what's happening here. Yeah. Uh, and justifiably so. Justifiably so. Um, Wait, does that mean would recording an episode of the F1 files make you a scab? Uh, no, technically it would not. It uh, Oh, it makes me... There's something else. It's like a knob stick or something. Pot, pod scab? It, there's there's like another uh there's like another term for people who aren't in the guild or aren't in a union and still they call you an earbud yeah there's like a very uh it's like knob stick or something like that like it's <laughs> it's something really really it sounds super offensive and it is super offensive uh because it's meant to be uh, but no, I will not be crossing a picket line. Um, none of this is written, folks, and it's very poorly acted. Yeah, <laughs> so, <it's... laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all, all fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So uh, yeah. we have a we have a bizarre week in Formula One. Truly, we were gearing up for the Imola Grand Prix mm-hmm. in in Italy. Uh, there was these torrential rainstorms, uh, beating up Italy pretty badly. And this particular region had some severe flooding. Uh, they ended up canceling the Grand Prix pretty swiftly. Yeah. Corey, what was your immediate reaction when you heard that the Grand Prix was canceled? Uh, So as a fan of the sport, it was tough to have my expectations dashed. Uh, And then I saw the footage. And uh, as a person who has uh, quite literally volunteered uh, with the Red Cross to do disaster relief, seeing what was going on, what was what was happening and what is still happening in Emilia Romagna, yeah. uh, because the rains have absolutely uh, let up a little bit, but the flooding and the damage uh, will take months to repair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, as someone who has spent time in Italy, I know what the infrastructure of that country looks like. Uh, I know th- that. Th- it's going to take so much effort to get that place, that region of Italy, specifically because it's like a very hilly and mountainous region of Italy. There, There's no direct access. Almost every single road has been washed out, affected by landslides. It was just one of those things where it was like, you, I'm glad that they canceled it. And a lot of people were like, oh my God, it was so fast. They canceled this so fast. That it, this was a no-brainer. I don't think that F1 had any intention of running a Grand Prix once they saw what was happening, once they got any sort of reaction. Also, Alpha Tauri is one of the teams in F1. They are based in Fayanza. Just up the road, right? Yeah. So they were getting real direct input from one of their teams saying, hey, this is bad. We we are having to evacuate our people. And if that's happening, there was no way that this Grand Prix was going to happen. And I'm really, really glad that it didn't happen. There are quite literally people died 
from this storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disaster relief that needs to be that is being put into place, the immediate disaster relief that needs to happen, and then the extended disaster relief. It would look so disgusting for F one oh, to roll through this multi-billion-dollar industry to just come in, gobble up all these resources, pull people away from actively repairing and rebuilding their own homes in order to go, we need to put on a show and then we're going to leave. It just, it was never going to happen. I mean, this, John, this is Italy. It's the heart of motorsport. This is, yeah, and not just like the heart of motor, this specific region of Italy is the most important part of motorsport. I mean, it's Imola for Christ's sake. Yep. It's Imola. Yep, yep. It's legendary. So I'm glad it was canceled, uh, and I'm my heart goes out to the people uh, of Italy and of that region. Uh, just it, it it is devastating to see what they have to now deal with, um, and sadly the conversation is going to shift, and a lot of people are not going to pay attention to what needs to happen in that region now. Uh, yeah. So uh, I I hope that the people continue to get the support that they need. Um. Yeah. What, what what were your thoughts on it, Johnny? I mean, I just yeah, I mean, I just said a lot, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was gonna you know moan about how I uh, missed F one this week and uh, was uh, really hankering for some solid mm-hmm. race action after post Miami. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm I mean, obviously, it, the decision not to race makes a ton of sense. I hope the region is helped. I hope that even it happening coinciding with formula one planning to visit at least maybe brought a little more attention to the devastation in the region. And hopefully that, that nets out some help. Um, I saw formula one, uh, formally announced that they're making a million dollar contribution to the region to help with, with their efforts. Yes. Uh, I can't help, but also cynically think that like, they were probably doing that because they're also like backstabbing them on whatever deal came out of them having to, you know, give ticket refunds or, oh, yeah. or whatnot, or, you know, they're going to cancel uh, the race next season or, or something along those lines. And then just were like, Oh, and we'll throw you a million dollars to uh, make it seem like we're the good guys, but we'll, I just, guess this, we'll, we'll find out. I love that, John, you are showing your true colors as a, longtime fan of this sport because we have gone through we've watched f1 be so brutal with the places that try to hold races and yeah Yeah. we're we're, we came up in the era of bernie and max mosley uh making things look nice but behind the scenes just demolishing people's bank accounts and ability to function uh, yeah, cut cutthroat yeah. is too gentle a term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were marauders when it came to it. It was truly yep. like it, it was wild. So I, I agree. I think that hopefully we will get. Uh, this is like an altruistic move. Uh, Ferrari also donated a million dollars to the relief fund. Mm. Um, there's great footage, and it's not just this like silly footage of, oh, we need to have our teams show up and really show out and be responsible members of the community. 
there's footage of and pictures of Yuki Sonoda joining some of yeah. these disaster relief crews, helping to shovel like sludge uh, out of the streets so that they can get emergency vehicles. Yeah, from what I understand, Yuki lives like yes. not very far from the circuit and is directly, you know, in the center of where all this devastation had happened. So yeah. And you uh, couldn't to see, yeah, you, you can't have a better representative of the F1 community uh, showing up and being a, a, a helpful member of the community than Yuki Sonoda, who's like, mm-hmm. we've, we've said it before. He seems like a hothead. He seems like kind of like a little bit immature. And then to see him show up in such a dramatically mature way and do it in a way that there was no, all the footage of him, all those pictures, those aren't Alpha Towery cameras. Those aren't yeah. people from the yeah, team. Yeah. That's Yuki going out there and being like, I'm going to wear my team kit and show up for these people because I take from this region, I like need to give back to it. And that was so beautiful. That's so a beautiful. that's a really good thing to call out. This wasn't a social media campaign no. orchestrated by uh, one of the savviest teams out there. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just Yuki showing up and throwing down. So uh, great to see it. Um, yeah. And, and I hope, I hope the region recovers swiftly and I hope this doesn't impact their future chances as a, as a formula one host. Yeah. Well, the, uh, another thing that was said was, Oh, there are so many races that are being held now that the calendar is packed out and, why would we have a race when there are potential rainstorms in the rain season? This is rain. I think that um, it was said that it was like almost five months worth of rain fell over the course of a week. That's mm. not, you can't predict that. You can't yeah. prepare for that. Uh, and and this is part of the the bigger conversation of climate change and what we are now going to have to deal with. Uh, these races are going to continue to be interrupted by climate events. It's the, it's just, it's an, it's a fact. I mean, the Miami race was extremely fortunate to have taken place because there were supposedly going to be storms that weekend. And there was a similar kind of situation is if there's massive rainstorms, the Miami grand prix would have been shut down. It was like a story that they mm. were like, Hey, if, if this weekend is bad, we can't hold the race. Uh, mm-hmm. And John, you've traveled to Florida. You've experienced rain in Florida. It's it's serious. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, a, yeah it's 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 not. Throw on some intermediates and no. uh, go about your business. Uh, and so, yeah, interesting. This parallel of climate change mm-hmm. and the sport, which is you know uh, constantly undertaking all these initiatives to be more. Uh, uh, climate positive and, yes. and whatnot, but it just gets me thinking like, well, I mean, if this is what we're dealing with, maybe it's like going to be less about, uh, you know, sustainable fuels and more just about like, and also we'll be the first, uh, motorsport to have everybody out like racing in like Mad Max mobiles, uh, yeah. just, you know, able to handle anything because we actually don't know next weekend if we'll be racing in rain or insane uh sandstorms mm-hmm. or blizzard or or who knows what so oh a yeah, big just, yeah a hefty part of the calendar is in 
areas that get these massive, massive sandstorms. So if, if we are, it's a, it's quite literally just rolling the dice, uh, Mm -hmm. in, in almost on almost a third of the calendar is like, Hey, you might get rainstorms that could prevent you from doing anything, uh, on the weekend. Um, this is, Look at Spa uh, uh, last year. Um, yeah. uh, look at Spa the year before. Look at Monaco. Uh, we've got Monaco coming up. The cars and trucks rolled into Monaco, and all the footage and pictures are of like rain soaked streets in Monaco. Like it's not. Yep. This, yeah, we, we are going to have to build a robust bit of infrastructure if we are going to continue to have this traveling circus show up in places that are going to be affected by climate events. There's just no, yep. You can't have it both ways. So. All right. So yeah. in, in missing out on the Imola Grand Prix, mm-hmm. probably the most anticipated thing that we ended up missing out on was seeing Mercedes show up yep. with a new suite of upgrades. Yes. And so this set of upgrades will not make it to the track until Monaco, mm-hmm. which is a almost like a worthless stretch of of road course to be able to evaluate any of these upgrades in any sort of practical manner. I mean, I'm sure they'll get some information, some data, but there's there's only so much that they're going to be able to find out here. What impact do you think this will have on the on the Mercedes team? And do you have a clearer sense of what their upgrades are? Uh, did we get did we get any sniffs or any whiffs of of exactly what we would be expecting to yeah. to show up in Imola? Uh, they are Mercedes, especially their social media team has leaned all the way into everyone's interest, uh, with this Mm -hmm. by releasing, uh, a couple of one image is of like, uh, the, the W, uh, 14, uh, with George Russell doing like his Christ pose from the F1 intro. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, there's, there's like some other, there was another like tech event, I think that happened at Goodwood where they showed what the 2022, uh, testing spec, uh, W12 or W13, I guess is, yeah, it was the W13. Um, they had that with like beefed up side pods that somebody released and was like, Oh, this is what the car is going to look like. Uh, so there's, there's been a bunch of, uh, a bunch of buzz around it, but, uh, I think Mercedes is going to one. They already said, Hey, we've already, we were expecting to run at Imola and we were expecting to run a couple of these upgrades. So one of the upgrades I believe, uh, is a suspension upgrade that they were going to uh, introduce. So that is a part of the car that has been manufactured and has been uh, bolted onto the chassis already. So there's no way that they can't, like they they are not going to remove the old suspension, 
which mm -hmm. I think allowed them to move the cockpit itself, the driver's position back like five to 15 centimeters, which was like a big thing that Lewis was complaining about. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is an upgrade that came uh, and they're not going to refit the car because they quite literally had to change uh the way the configuration of the suspension as it meets the chassis and impact structures so that's that's a done deal um and because those suspension upgrades are being brought that was going to help to manage the airflow uh that would then enter the underfloor region so i believe that we're going to see suspension upgrades and an underfloor uh uh, upgrade. I mean, we won't see the underfloor upgrade because we won't see it. Um, hopefully, we won't see it, folks. I'm saying, hopefully, we will not <laughs> see the bottom, the underside of that Mercedes. Yeah. I hope yes. that we never see it uh, uh, at all. Uh, but specifically, I really don't want to see it this coming weekend because oh, uh, yep. we'll, we'll get into yep, that in yep, a second. Yep, yep. Um, uh, but uh, the other part of the Mercedes that they are rumored to have upgraded is the diffuser. So the floor outlet at the rear of the car, mm -hmm. uh, we are going to maybe see uh, the beam wing um, and diffuser uh, component of the Mercedes being upgraded. So those were all things that were going to supposedly help at a high speed track like Imola. Mm -hmm. Now, Monaco is anything but a high speed track. So uh, I don't know what is going to happen. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons that Mercedes is also doing this, uh, this is me, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on here, is they might want to show they might want to psych the field out um yeah they may they may have not bolted any of this stuff on and they may be going like hey we're just gonna bring our stuff to we're bringing all of our stuff to monaco and it may not be happening so that's one side of it the other side of it is hey maybe they were going to bring their entire upgrade package and maybe we were going to see some beefed out side pods. And maybe what we will see is this true B-spec Mercedes when mm -hmm. they roll the cars off. Uh, they don't roll the cars off the truck. They roll the components off the truck and then they put the cars together in the garage. So we may see a new B-spec car roll out of the garage at Monaco. I, I have to say the sort of like little tipping their toe back into like mind games and whatnot, mm -hmm. which is something that was a tremendous power that Mercedes had as a team for yes. many, many years, uh, you know, being able to play all the angles and, and get everyone, you know, be very coy about everything that they're up to. Yeah. I don't, I don't really want to see any of that from uh, Mercedes in the year 2023. Yep. I kind of want them just to uh, get on with their business yep. and keep their heads down. And, you know, let's, uh, once you guys get your, uh, your issues sorted out, then you can be cute with your stuff, you know? Like, exactly. Just, yes. You know, yeah. Let's, yeah. uh, yeah. Let's get some results first, guys. Come on. It's like you, like, sh it's like showing off for, uh, for no one. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I've been trying to come up with like, I quite literally for days, I mean, for like the past three to four days, I have been trying to come up with 
the best like analogy or metaphor for what Mercedes is doing. Um, the idea of bringing an upgrade package to Monaco is similar to if you like went school shopping and got all new clothes, all new shoes, all new everything. And then you went to like your cousin's first day of school in another school district that just did like no one knows you no one knows who you are no one cares who you are and like you like show up and you're like yeah what do y'all think of my new fit and everyone's like sorry what who are you what are you what's this um that's like the closest analogy i can come up with because it just doesn't matter that they're bringing these upgrades to monaco like it truly it can't the track does not reward upgrades. No one configures their vehicle. This is true across the entire grid. No one configures mm-hmm. their vehicle or takes Monaco into account when they are designing their cars because they're just like, yeah, eh, <laughs> it's not yeah. a race that you can plan for for a bunch of different reasons. So we're not going to spend our brain power or budget uh, on figuring out how to make our car run best at monaco it just yeah so it's bananas that mercedes is either being forced to bring these upgrades or they're choosing to bring these upgrades to monaco either way Mm. i don't understand what's happening i don't understand i i mean i presume there's some you know just sort of like let's just make sure everything fits you know and uh (sighs) Get get some minimal data, but yeah, otherwise, who who knows? Um, all right. Yeah. So yeah. while on the topic of Monaco and heading into Monaco and having just given a, a pretty crystal clear description of like how much of a null object Monaco is mm. in the Formula One ca- calendar, what do you think? Do you think Monaco is going to continue to have a history? With this sport, I mean, it's it's the most historic race. It's the yeah. it has always been the headlining race, or the most you know, uh, uh, I don't know the uh, what, what do we call it? It's the it's the, the crown the, jewel, the crown jewel In of Formula One. Monaco, uh, yes, is, is the is the crown jewel of the calendar. Um, all right, so. Uh, is this? Hey, it's the only Grand Prix to make it into uh, the MCU. So that's true. That's true. It is uh, yeah. the Monaco. Uh, yeah. uh, Monaco Grand Prix is. They have a, a vague version of it in Iron Man Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's central mm-hmm. to uh, the uh, uh, John Frankenheimer film Grand Prix. Yep. Uh, uh, and you know, is there's, there's an amazing legacy there. I think they should redesign the formula to ensure that the cars can get around Monaco, not tailor the cars to Monaco, but like, yeah. I think Monaco is in modern day formula one. Monaco is particularly worthless because the cars have turned into these giant long vehicles that makes it almost impossible to pass each other on this ridiculously narrow course. And it takes Monaco from being this 
almost psychotic challenge of taking the world's fastest vehicles and <laughs> yes. racing them through a, a tiny little maze. Yeah. And is just sort of turned it into uh, like it's it's almost just now like starting to become a, a bizarre exercise of sorts. It's it's a perversion. So, it is. It truly is yeah. a perversion. Uh, Johnny, I am sending you a, a text right now with a link to an amazing design job, um, uh, an amazing uh, design exercise, let's say, and it is so oh, i think i saw this across my feed earlier today and it's it's basically yeah it's the, it's it's the present car using the 2003 dimensions mm-hmm. and it's amazing because it looks like the car has just been shrunk like 25 yeah. percent. yeah and, and that's how much these cars have grown and stretched and expanded in all dimensions. It's absolutely wild. And the thing about this design is that they implemented the halo with this. So like you can yeah. really see what the old cars looked like with not just the 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 design aesthetic of the new cars, but the safety features too. Because one of yep. the reasons they chose this specific uh, the the 2003 um, regulations is because this is when the side impact structures showed up. This is when all of uh, the rear and front impact structures uh, became essential. So this is when the cars first truly ballooned in size. And there hasn't been that much that has changed safety-wise between this rendering and the current car. So I mean, it's never going to happen, but I would love to see this specific car if everyone could run this this spec car yeah. <laughs> uh, at Monaco. It would make the race so much more interesting. It would be competitive. People could you could have multiple people go through the hairpin uh, and passes yep. could happen there. Uh, there's. There's an inc- without the hairpin turning into this like traffic jam where the cars are almost stalling because mm-hmm. they have to slow to make sure everyone makes it through the hairpin okay like yeah there's a uh, for- the Formula E race that ran there I think this past weekend there was a driver who passed two cars in the hairpin at Monaco oh, wow. and like that and the Formula E cars are very similar to this size of an F1 mm-hmm. spec car. So it's like you can see you can literally see the possibility of having a smaller car that is just as efficient and just as fast uh and run on the same circuit and it just it really we're never going to see this but it was just such a like oh oh my heart like I just I want that mm-hmm. so bad. Um oh part of this Speaking of the old spec cars, they ran the 2005 Imola Grand Prix on F1 YouTube. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw they ran uh, 2005, and I think the the 2021 race. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they showed the that as a sort of like, hey, we'll pull something out of the archive for free yeah. for y'all fans, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, because it's, the it's only a, a thing, nice a nice gesture, but like it was it was. But it could also be like, or oh, we'll give everyone a month of the app for free, you know? Uh, yeah, or just roll out like 
all of last year's races. Uh, why yeah. not? Why not? Um, but there, there were, so two things out of that one, there was the, uh, the, whatever the virtual Grand Prix that happened, uh, where basically it was all of F2 and Max Verstappen and Lando Norris also showed up there too, which is pretty unsurprising because they're especially sim yeah, racing the simulator buddies. junkies. Yeah. 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 So, they ran with it. I didn't pay attention to it. I know, Johnny, you didn't um, either. Yeah, I, I had heard murmurs about, you know, there being a, a particularly large event, but it sounded like yeah. it was this much smaller sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, it was like yeah, I mean, there's... 20 bucks to watch it or something like that. Like, it was like... Oh. Yeah, or that was what was proposed initially. Um, yeah. But any pay, any... I'm not paying any amount of money to watch... Max Verstappen yeah. versus Lando Norris versus the entire F2 field on sim racing. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to pay for that. I might tune in for highlights, maybe, but even that's like, I would kind of rather watch the old race. Uh, mm-hmm. So the 2005 race, someone like quote tweeted uh, someone being like, this is what real racing was. It was so cool. Uh, you never would have seen uh, you never would have seen Alonzo be able to fend off Michael Schumacher back in that race. It's like what made it so cool and the defending and the blah, blah, blah. And then someone quote tweeted that and was like, hey, just for the record, there were nine total passes in that entire Grand Prix. So mm-hmm. let's just chill out with this nostalgia for the old days because they are correct. People who look back and look at the statistics are always correct. And they're like, no, there is more passing now. Even if a third of that passing is Max Verstappen coming through the field in some of these races, there is still more passing happening in current F1 than there was in like the so-called golden era of F1. And I I can't argue with that. You can't argue with the facts. You can argue with people's nostalgia. You can argue with their memories, but like the simple statistics, they aren't lying. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was, I thought that was a nice little bit of like, Hey, it's good to, yeah, it's good to have something to balance out the, uh, Oh, well, you know, the, the constant. And I mean, it's, it's a pretty constant thing in formula one though. Like, Oh, well back in, back in my day, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. So, what else have you seen unfolding this week in Formula One? Uh, so, very similarly to that, the idea of nostalgia was uh, Stefano Domenicali being interviewed about the current state of F one, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which the the most important points that were hit were the race introductions, uh, what the driver pushback has been uh and then also like their plans going forward um mm-hmm. so i think the plans going forward thing was the did, thing did did yeah. any of this include uh like the sprint race formats yep. and things like that yep. yep uh and that was the most important thing i think that came out of it was stefano domenicali being like look the sprint race format is going to be assessed after the season is over we have put these things into plans and we're putting them into motion and we are now going to implement those plans. So we'll assess it after the season is over. Yes, we do want to bring more sprint races to the calendar, 
And the reason we want to bring more sprint races to the calendar is because we want fans, and you you had mentioned this, John, about you and uh, Gloria going to a race. You were looking at races at race weekends that had sprints because there is more value to the person who attends a sprint race in person. Mm -hmm. You get more for your money. And those are the fans that they are looking to like reward as much as yeah, the fan base worldwide is huge, whatever we're like you included myself included. I pay a fee to watch it on an app every year. F1 is getting that money from me and that's pretty much it. And I'm getting a lot of bang for my buck as an F1 Mm -hmm. TV app subscriber. This is not a promotion at all. I'm just saying I get a lot for what I pay for. And as someone who gets to watch it on ESPN, you also get a lot for what you pay for, right? It's part of your cable package anyways. So like you're not giving F1 any more money. The people who are actively giving F1 money every race weekend do deserve more bang for their buck. Period. Period. As someone who has attended race weekends, yeah, I kind of do wish that there were sprint events at the races that I went to because I would have watched more action on track and not just a procession of drivers going around and giving engineers feedback, and then the cars get better over the course of the season. But it's a development race. It's not a fan's race. It's not an, it's an engineer's race. It's a driver's race. It's not for the fan base. And without the fans, there is no F1. So... So Steph, Stefano is basically saying, I'm, I'm staying the course. Yeah, yeah. He also said at the tail end of that bit of the comment, he is like, look, there aren't going to be sprint races every other weekend. That is not what we're doing. That is not what we're planning. That is not what will be implemented. And I love that he's made that decree because it's like, yeah, yeah, good. Good that someone from within the company, literally the president of the company said, we are not going to totally pervert the calendar and make it all in service of the show and the spectacle and the in-person spectacle. We are still keeping it motorsport. Mm -hmm. We're keeping it relatively pure. He also said, I talked to Max Verstappen before the Miami Grand Prix. I talked to him. He's going to be in F1 a lot longer than I am. That's true. That's just a fact. So him saying that Mm. he's going to walk away after this if they keep adding more sprints or keep adding more Grand Prix, he's basically saying, like, I'm calling his bluff. All these other drivers who say they're going to leave the sport, leave the sport. Go ahead and leave the sport. And I agree. I think that, and, and this goes as a Hamilton fan. If Hamilton was like, look, I don't like what's going on with the sport. I think I'm done. I'd be like, all right, dude, peace. Thanks for the great. Thanks for the great years. But the sport isn't going to stop because you throw a temper tantrum. And that's ultimately what Max Verstappen has been doing about the way that the calendar is shifting and altering and it's no longer pure and blah, blah, blah. Look, buddy. The sport is evolving. It evolved and you were able to be a part of it because of the evolution of the sport. Okay. So if you want to get like real, real like nitpicky about this, you do drive for a sports drink team. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. You are not even a full manufacturer. All right. So like your entire career wouldn't exist if the sport wasn't willing to accept new things to bring in more commercial representation. So there's like, you really got to shut your mouth, bud. you got to know what position of privilege you're speaking from. And then you got to start speaking from that position and not going, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Cause like you can take your ball, you can go home. The sport will still continue. The game doesn't stop because you took your ball and went home. There are more yep. balls. Okay. Bye. Um, so it, Domenicali was a little more diplomatic, but I, I appreciate that though. I'm glad that he's, uh, you know, he's, he's sending a little service back. Yeah. Max Verstappen's way. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and, and I think it's good also that he's, you know, exerting some confidence in the fact that like we're, we're experimenting and we're trying things mm -hmm. when the experiment is over, we'll let you know how it goes, but we're not, you know, the experiment was not to change the course of our experiment. It's just for us to get the data that we're looking for. Yes. And, you know, as long as he hears my cries that, uh, sprint races should be done, uh, in a radically different format, either, uh, either the surprise sprint race as previously mentioned, yeah. or, uh, I, my other, my other, theory is we do vehicles that are specific to the region where the grand prix is happening Ooh. so like in monza you have a sprint race where everyone's in like tiny little fiat 500s mm -hmm. or or something like that and yeah. uh you know in in miami everybody's in pontiac fieros yes you know and yes. it's it's uh it's every me, that's that's in, the way to do it in austin everyone's in uh those giant el dorados like shack yes, drove up. Yeah, yeah, uh yeah. but the yep. whole field has that and they have the horns on them and everything it's, it's yeah, the, yeah the absolutely full, the full yep. monty yeah uh <laughs> yeah. las las vegas uh i'm i'm thinking it's uh Ooh. Was it the the Impala SS that that Suge Knight was uh, driving around in? Yes, the uh, candy or, or maybe apple. Yeah, red. yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Maybe maybe the field is mixed between the Impala SS and the like full size '90s BMW, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's a little 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 East Coast West Coast uh, action on yeah. the track. Yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see. I would love to see the sprints stay, but I would love to see them a little bit more consistent. Uh, and I think you're exact. You put it so perfectly, John. You don't stop the experiment halfway through because you're not getting the results that people want. Yeah. You continue the experiment, and then you pour over the data and go, "Okay, what worked? What didn't work? What variable did we introduce?" And did that variable yep. work, right? Like that's that, and that's what they're doing. That's what F1 is doing. And we should be more forgiving of that. And we should be more understanding mm -hmm. of that. And even if it is uh, a, 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 a bunch of Will I Am and LL Cool J uh, driver intros that Oof. they're rolling out, you know what? I, I, we'll see. We will see. Um, Alonzo had mentioned. This is something that Alonzo had mentioned. He's like, hey, why is this exclusive to 
uh, to the US. If you're going to be doing these like huge dog and pony shows, it shouldn't just be exclusive to the US. And then, uh, as like, as I was hearing him say that, I was like picturing the monkey paws finger going down. Uh, and then mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, you want this for every region? All right. Well, buckle up because this is going to be cringy, but we're going to be cringy in a regionally specific way. And yep. folks, this opens up the possibility for some of the biggest fumbles and the biggest <laughs> stepping into like accidentally racist or bigoted things it's just it's why are you suggesting are you suggesting that this would be uh culturally specific events exclusively arranged and planned by a a british entity is that what you're suggesting Mm -hmm. yeah it could be that oh it's the cops coming for me for this hot yeah there you go that's yeah that's the that's the sound of the los angeles grand prix as determined (laughs) by Oh, um, yeah yeah i think you're i think you're spot on i think we'll uh yeah we'll see many different mm-hmm. uh uh you know cringe in many different languages i can't wait to see all like the uh wooden shoed uh like this <sighs> the zanfort uh introductions um, oh man thinking about like the mercedes lederhosen uh when they yep, yeah yep, yep. like all those like kind of weird oh we're celebrating I was gonna say, because culture. you were mentioning because you were mentioning fernando bringing this up all i could imagine was him like running from a bunch of bulls yeah. out of the <laughs> uh the, the the tunnel you know yeah but they're all red bulls it's uh they've yeah. like they've painted up every bull to be red yep. uh to chase down mm-hmm. the field uh yeah there it's folks Again, you're. Be, we got to be careful what we wish for. We got to be careful what we ask for because uh, a, a corporate entity based out of the U.S. with commercial visions pairing up with uh, a completely ivory towered off British institution is going to yield some of the worst. That sounds like that sounds like two of the most empathetic and you know grounded entities ever. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Boy, there's no way that could go horrifically wrong. Yep. Uh I, I love wait. It. uh you you just got me excited for the rest of uh the rest of the season. With yeah. That. We should ch- exactly we should uh. choose to get excited to like to see like I know we said this last week it was like oh we're gonna tune in to see what are they gonna do this week. And it's like you know what? Maybe that is the right attitude to take. Maybe the mm-hmm. attitude to take here is like, well, let's see what they're going to do this week. I mean, we know there's going to be a Grand Prix, but what, what, how much icing is going to be on this cake and how yeah. many tears uh, is, is this cake going to be? Uh, let's, let's tune in. Why not? Yeah. You, you, you will only know which one of their toes they shot off uh, by accident. Yep. Yep. If you tune in, if you so, tune in, uh, yeah. Oh God, yep. I, I am so excited. It's um, a brilliant strategy, I love it. Uh, well, <laughs> on on that note, mm-hmm. any any other things unfolding in this relatively quiet week in in F one that you wanted to touch on? Uh, not really. That was that was kind of it. Um, 
uh, unless I'm excited for Monaco, you know, yeah. uh, uh, the minor bit of news, the broadcast is going to be handled by mm-hmm. the FIA for the first time in a very long time. Traditionally Monaco and previously, I think Suzuka, I, mean, I think maybe uh, for the first time ever, it might not, yeah. this might be like a truly there, groundbreaking there was, event. Yeah. There was there was some deal where the broadcast was handled by the local entity in Monaco mm-hmm. uh and I think it's I think it's a wise move to hand over the you know control of the broadcast and the directing and you know how they set yeah. up and arrange cameras and all of that stuff to the FIA cuz they are absolute masters at it. Yes. Um so yeah, yeah. we'll be will be interesting to see if there's any distinctly discernible difference there. Um, you know, yeah, presumably it means more than anything else. There will just be slightly more love put into what action is being followed on track. Well, there's like a notorious moment that happened where Lance Stroll had one of the most astounding overtakes that has has ever happened on that circuit mm-hmm. uh in modern formula 1 and not only did they not run it in the broadcast but they literally did not capture it on camera so this is like mm-hmm. this like thing that happened that only a few people saw uh that is like yep. one of the most legendary moments in modern F1 and like there's no record of it there's no record of it it's just uh, a commentator going like oh my god did wait what just happened? How did Lance Stroll just make up like two positions on that part of the track in Monaco? Like it was uh, Mm -hmm. amazing. And there is no record of it because like you said, Johnny, it's not just about the broadcast itself. It's the camera placement, the people who run the Grand Prix and who ran the footage and the broadcast of the Grand Prix literally were not setting up cameras in places where action traditionally happened or in places where action was starting to happen because of new regulations. And there have been yep. four, three, f- yeah, this is like the fourth regulation change in modern F1. <laughs> and like yep. Monaco did not bother to change any of their cameras or any of their coverage to reflect that. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'll be tuning in also just to see if it feels like the pomp and circumstance around the Monaco Grand Prix is mm-hmm. is fading a little bit, particularly because yeah. it's going to be the first thing that we've seen after the incredibly overhyped Miami Grand Prix. And I think once we get through Las Vegas, uh, it is going to start to put Monaco into a new perspective for yeah. the sport. And I'm, I am curious to see what that, what that means. And I mean, I love the idea of Monaco. I think it's a, yeah, even even just the idea of the postcard of Monaco, it's mm-hmm. a very fantastical idea that this tiny principality has uh, the world's fastest vehicles racing around it for one weekend every year. Uh, there's something uh, particularly special about that. Yeah. Um, but I I do think there's there's a degree to which it seems like some of that is almost becoming just like quaint mm-hmm. and. You know, I I really would love to see a way for Monaco to be a more exciting or competitive race well, in some way, shape, or form. I think that we are going to get a very, very exciting uh, race because Fernando Alonso is in a car that 
if pushed to the limits, could potentially out-qualify at least one of the Red Bulls. And the thing about Monaco that we're complaining about here is that it's not reasonable to have good passes at Monaco. If Fernando Alonso ends up on the front part of that grid, on the front row, and he gets a better run down to that first turn than a Max Verstappen or a Sergio Perez, we will see Alonso win the Monaco Grand Prix. This man is like, he is a clinician when it comes to controlling the pack at Monaco. There's evidence of this. Yes. (laughs) Where he backed up the entire pack to the point of where he was stopping the leaders of the race because he was creating traffic for the leaders. He he is Monaco traffic control, basically. Yeah, really, really is. And he was in a car that was not as competitive as the car he's in this year. And I, this could, John, we could see Fernando Alonso win the Monaco Grand Prix. And I am scintillated at that thought. I just... like the celebration, I will lose my mind if Fernando Alonso wins the Monaco Grand Prix this year uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, but not the least of which because we haven't seen a race in several weeks. So uh, I'm like yeah. primed and ready for action. That's, I think that's about the best possible advertisement for the Monaco Grand Prix that yeah. I could imagine. I, I personally thank you, Corey, yeah. My, yeah. my friend for getting me inspired and excited at I the prospect of wait. what you just described. Oh, oh, and the other here's like the second best option is that Mercedes brings a car that can actually qualify maybe on the front row. And again, if mm-hmm. George ends up across the the, the the across the row from Max yeah. or Sergio, if Lewis ends up across the row from Max or Sergio and they beat like we will see potentially a Mercedes win this weekend or we may see Fernando Alonso win this weekend. I that come on. I you can't not be excited about that. Um qualifying will be amazing yes that's for sure i will be watching qualifying uh on tenterhooks just like probably standing for the entire uh the entire hour plus ah yeah so that feels i love it yeah that and that feels to me like uh, uh a great spot to ask the question has the stock gone up here in in the U.S. for F1, what what do you think, John? Uh, I think the stock is inching upwards uh, because, again, we're in this sort of cycle of feverish anticipation mm-hmm. going into the next race. So my fingers are crossed that that anticipation is met with a reward. Corey, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've got even if like the stock in general is not uh, all sorts of uh, on the incline because of this, my own personal investment in F1 has gone through the roof uh, because we did not get a race this past weekend because the yeah. race that we didn't get was the Italian Grand Prix, one of the Italian Grand Prix, because we haven't seen Ferrari really have like a moment to redeem themselves since Miami. 
So we now get to watch Charles Leclerc show up at his home race in a Ferrari looking to redeem himself or continue a bad spell. Or we may have uh, Fernando Alonso win a Grand Prix. Or we may have one of the Mercedes win a Grand Prix. Or we may have Sergio and Max come together at some point. They're, like, yeah. So my my own personal investment through the roof. Um, I think that the stock is going up and will continue to go up because the juxtaposition of Miami being like a very interesting, like wetting the appetite of like, ooh, a good street yep. race, a good like high profile street race. And now we're getting the most high profile street race in the history of F1. So I think that we're in a good spot uh, to build hype and to build stock. And if there is a good race this weekend, I mean, that is the redemption of F1 for me this season so far. Like two races canceled, a lot of anticipation growing. Yeah. Red Bull dominating the hell out of the Stakes field. Stakes do feel pretty high. They yeah. really do. So this race could either be like, oh, wow, if we don't get a one-two finish by Red Bull, like then I'm like reinvested. If we get a one-two finish from Red Bull and it's Max yeah. and then Checo, uh, yeah, then uh, a lot of the wind's going to go out of my sails. But I'm excited to tune in i'm very excited to tune in yep so uh that's that's where i'm at this week johnny um hey also where can the folks find you out there in the world where where can they track you oh. down you can hit me up anytime via my home base johnnymotion.com Corey, where can the folks find you you can track me down. I am Burn Corey Burn on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Uh, and you can also find us at the F1 Files on TikTok and Instagram uh, and uh, Twitter as well. So track us down, find us. Um, I, I didn't promote the show that I had last week, and I'm sorry. Uh, it was a great show, though. <laughs> I had so much fun improvising with a bunch of people. Uh, I got to like do a live dubbing set where I dubbed the action that was happening on stage. And then I was on stage and people were doing dubbing of my words. And it was just, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It was so fun. It was so fun. If I do that show again, I hopefully will do that show again. Uh, and I'll, I'll let folks know about that. Uh, but Hey, you can catch up with us after the Monaco grand prix. What? What? Damn straight. God. And we will do our best to catch up with you next week on the F1 Files. (laughs) 